Ever wonder how and if the Bible has relevance for today? On this podcast, we provide biblical answers to today's tough questions. Hi, friends. I'm Pastor Robert Young. We have 30 plus years of church planting and mentoring other pastors, 30 plus years of training leaders in evangelism and discipleship. Our team of missionaries go into jails, rehabs, parks, street corners, coffee houses, and any place unchurched people gather. We present the true untainted gospel. We ask questions and give answers as we conduct surveys. We do this so that you can make a true informed decision about Jesus Christ. And today our question is, my spouse cheated. Should we divorce? My co-host Jill and I will attempt to answer this question next on the podcast. Okay, friends, welcome back to Not Your Parents Religion Podcast. I am your host, Pastor Robert Young, and I'm sitting here with my lovely co-host, Jill Young. Hello, everyone. And Jill, today our question is, my spouse cheated on me. Should we divorce? Now, let me start off by saying that this is a tough question and is not a cut and dry or... No black and white on this one. It's not it's no black... <laughs> It's not a yes or no answer per se. It is a little bit more involved than just if he cheated, I'm leaving, or if she cheated, I'm leaving. And you should not make relationships based on this episode, relationship decisions based on this episode. If you're truly, truly having issues, see a counselor and work it through with a counselor. Right. Now that you mentioned that, um, we want to give you an opportunity if you do need counseling, or in this case, coaching. We have coached couples <laughs> in the in the art of marriage and putting marriages back together with with a coach. Myself, we've worked with people who had actually been thrown into one of the spouses committing adultery and worked them through it. So if you are in that that spot now, then check out some of the ways to contact us in the description box on this episode below. Now, with that being said, let's get back to the question. My spouse cheated on me. Should I divorce him or her? And again, the answer is not necessarily no. But before we begin, let's talk about the vows that were more than likely in your marriage ceremony, where it says you promise to, to be faithful, love and obey, and cherish and honor through sickness and in health for richer or poorer till death do your part. So that lets us know that God considers marriage a sacred institution and he does not take it lightly as we ought not to take our marriage vows lightly. Now, that simply means that we don't jump in and out of relationships, you know, at at a, a whim. But on the flip side of that, Jill, we also don't stay in abusive, whether they're physical, mental, psychological, or whatever relationship, just because we think that God is against divorce. And God is against divorce, but he is not so legalistic or inflexible. Is right. That the word? That's the word. God is not so inflexible that he says, well, I know that your your spouse is physically abusive, but you must stay. No, that's not what the Bible is saying. When you read the Bible, in its entirety, in proper context. God allowed divorce back in Moses' days because the people at that time were doing some heinous things 
to their spouses so that they could get a divorce. So he said, okay, 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 fine. Allow divorce, but I only want divorce under one reason. What's that? Well, let's go to one of those reasons in the book of Matthew, chapter 19, starting at verse number three. Okay? Matthew, chapter 19, verse number three. A little background. So this is um, some Pharisees coming up to Jesus to try to trick him, try to tempt him into saying something that they could use against him. Verse three. Some Pharisees came to him to test him. They asked, is it lawful for a man to divorce his wife for any and every reason? Jesus replied in verse four, haven't you read? He replied that at the beginning, the creator made the male and female and said, for this reason, a man will leave his father and mother and be united to his wife and the two will become one flesh. Verse six. So they are no longer two, but one flesh. Therefore, what God has joined together, let no one separate. God does not want divorce. Verse 7. Why then, they asked, did Moses command that a man give his wife a certificate of divorce and send her away? Verse 8. Jesus replied, Moses permitted you to divorce your wives because your hearts were hard. And let me add in there, they were doing some crazy things to get that divorce and God saw that and had compassion. So, but it was not this way from the beginning. I tell you that anyone who divorces his wife, except for sexual immorality and marries another woman, commits adultery. So there's the reason for that God allows for a divorce. Verse 10, the disciples said to him, if this is the situation between a husband and wife, is it better not to marry? <laughs> Some people would say, yes, that's true. Verse 11, Jesus replied, not everyone can accept this word, but only those to whom it has been given. For there are eunuchs who were born that way, and there are eunuchs who have been made eunuchs by others. And there are those who choose to live like eunuchs for the sake of the kingdom of heaven. The one who, who can accept this should accept this. Also, in in the book of 1 Corinthians, chapter 7, verse 1 through through the end, at your leisure, take a moment and read that. Paul is talking about the duties and responsibilities and, of marriage and how, again, uh, kind of reiterating what Jesus said, the only reason that God wants or will, excuse me, that he would allow for divorce is some type of um, sexual immorality on on your spouse's part. But, or your part, in or which your, case, or your part, in which case your spouse can divorce you. Not, not my part in particular, y'all. She's no, just talking about no. In <laughs> I'm not talking about you at all. <laughs> uh, I love Jill and would never cheat on her. Mm. I love you too, honey. Now, scripture gives us that reason uh, for divorce in chapter uh, Matthew, chapter 19, verse 3. But did you know also in the book of Matthew? Jill, chapter 5, verse 27, Jesus made this statement. I'm going to paraphrase what Jesus said, okay? Okay. He said, listen, it is written and you have heard that thou should not commit adultery. But I say unto you, if a man looks at a woman and think about having sexual relations with her, then that man has committed adultery in his heart with her already. 
So it's more than just the physical act sometimes. In fact, I've counseled people who have had emotional affairs. Yes. Where there was no sex involved whatsoever, very little touching, but just shared things with that person and became what they thought had fallen in love with that other person that was not their wife. And I got to be honest with you, in some of those instances, the spouse who was cheated on was seemed to be hurt just as much as if the spouse had cheated on them physically with that other person. Did that make right. sense? Right. Yeah. Because Yeah, because you actually in, invested your heart into this person. Right, right. You you gave part of what is supposed to belong to me, not just your body, but your heart. And the heart is a harder thing to win over than the body. Mm, now that's some deep deep stuff right there. Jill. <laughs> I, I, but it's true though. I've seen it. I've sat in coaching sessions with couples and have seen this actual thing happen. And the and the person is just hurt. And it takes a while for that heart to heal up. So I guess the answer to this question is, should I divorce my spouse if they've cheated on me? Not necessarily. Okay. I think it depends on a, a number of factors before you can make that decision. Well, one of the factors being that you would consult with God to see what he would say about it. Also, as you stated earlier, Jill, to find some Christian counselor in your area that you could talk to. And if your spouse don't want to go to that, to the counseling or the coaching, then that's fine. But you go yourself to try to work through this situation so that you can make an informed decision without just making a knee jerk decision of if you cheat on me, that's it. I'm done. Well, hindsight being 2020 uh, and having gone through a divorce myself, I found that uh, I needed counseling. And just asking your family members is not good enough. Very good point, Jill. You, you need to get someone who is not invested in you or your spouse in any way, shape, or form. And a professional. And a professional. And so my professional, a wonderful counselor named Sharon Bell Render. I hope it's okay I use Sharon's name. <laughs> I'm sure She's she wonderful. Mind. And she said she recommended marriage counseling to me for both my ex-husband and I. And she said, the thing with marriage counseling, it isn't going to help you stay married. Sharon told me that marriage counseling is going to help you decide if you want to stay together anymore. Okay. And so in that, she was 100% dead on in sitting in this counseling where both my ex and I had these conversations. It helps me conclude that this man is not someone I should be married to anymore. Okay. And now also, I should also say, I wasn't a Christian at the time that I was going through all this. Very good point, Jill. And let me interrupt you for a second to say, okay. I was going to mention this later on in the podcast. These scriptures and this answer that we're giving sp applies specifically to Christians because we're he held at, well, God is our father and he's holding up to a standard. Now, if you're not a Christian, that doesn't mean that God, the creator of the universe, wants you to just willy-nilly go in and out of relationships back and forth. But this is specifically for believers. 
In fact, in the scripture first or the chapter first Corinthians chapter seven, he Paul addresses the issue of if you are a Christian and you are married to an unbeliever and specifically what to do in those instances as well. Well, yes. And so then I should clarify that my ex-husband was also not a Christian. Amen. Amen. And you have to, I guess what we're saying is there is no uh, easy answer for this. It would take a little unpacking, as, as they say now. We have to unpack what's going on, get to the root of why we think that this person did the cheating. What did they feel did they feel like there was something missing and it wasn't being met? Now, now let me say this. The person that did the cheating is 100% responsible for their actions. Nothing you did more than likely was going to prevent that from happening. However, being that I've sat with many couples who have gone through this issue, there usually people who do the cheating are not cheating because they ju- they're just a, um, uh, what's the word I'm looking for? They're just a bad person and they just... Jumping from bed to bed and looking out for a conquest. That's not usually the case, especially with couples that's been together for a while and, and a Christian couple. Now, if you know that your your spouse is that way when you married them... um, Yeah. Um, uh, that's a different issue altogether. But if you know that your spouse is not that way from the beginning and now they're falling into that... That takes a lot of unpacking. That takes a lot of uh, a few sessions with your counselor to find out what this person felt that their unmet need was and why they felt it necessary to try to get that need met outside of the marital relationship. And what can we do going forward if you decided to get the counseling from a professional Christian counselor or coach? If you decided to get that counseling from that person, what can we put in place to lessen the likelihood of this repeating itself? Right. Right. Because you, you know, you've heard whatever that, the need was that was not being met. Well, whatever they thought was not being met. Right. I, and I tell you, it can be something as simple as this person needed the time and affection from their spouse, but they felt that for whatever reason, they weren't getting it from their spouse. And there's always somebody on the job or out there in the community that's willing to meet that need. Right. And usually, from my experience of talking with people, Jill, is usually not, okay, you're walking down the road and you see some some person and you immediately start having an affair. It's, it doesn't usually work that way. It's, not usually, but it actually can. <laughs> I, that's how again, crazy this world is. Again, I said, usually it doesn't happen that way. Usually it's a process usually is a a long process. And in that counseling, one of the things that you'll be able to uncover is that process, how it got started. You'll know what to look out for. And you won't have that worldly wisdom that says, well, I trust him. Yeah, of course you trust him or her. Of course you do. But you're there to help one another. There's temptations like crazy out there. And if you're not careful, you could uh, allow the devil to be whooping on your partner's head. And again, whatever decision that your partner makes, as far as what we're talking about today, that's on them. They're going to be held accountable for their own actions. This is in no way your fault. We're not blaming the victim here. 
I like that you say that the way you are. We're not blaming the victim here. We're saying, but what if you, as the partner, whether you're the man or the woman, could add some additional support systems to prevent the likelihood of something like this happen, especially after it has has happened the first time? What if you could? Well, first you have to decide if you're going to stay together. Well, yeah, we covered that. Right, if it's already (laughs) happened the first time, I think that in that discussion. Well, we're going to try and keep our marriage going. You have to add in checkpoints. Yes, that's what we're saying. Checkpoints. Yes. 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 And so it, but even before, and I didn't realize you were going to go down this road. I thought you were going another way. Even That's the beauty of podcasting. (laughs) Even... If you, your spouse has not cheated on you, of course, which is the ideal situation, Yes, you build in checkpoints with each other, you're happy, everything's going well, but it's still good to say, hey, how are you feeling about things? You know? Are you happy in our marriage? What's going yes. on? You know? That's a good point, Jill. And actually, to all my listeners here, our listeners here, Jill and I actually practice that. I encourage it. I said to Jill early in our relationship, I'm going to give you the password or whatever pattern that we, you know, for my phone. And if you at any time want to see my phone, the social media sites that I've been on, you already know the password. Just say, hey, let me see your phone. I'll give it to you and you can search it for whatever, you know, just go for it because I don't want there to be any secrets in our marriage. I want knowing that I'm not perfect and that I'm subject to fall to temptations just as much as anyone else. Yes. Yes. But after you're together for a while, I think it's as simple as, hey, how are things? How are you feeling? Yes. It's not for me necessarily that I need to go through your phone or Or any of that. However. It's it's just a, a regular, you know, you go for a checkup every year for your body. Yes. And relationships are work. And part of that is being able to communicate with each other. You know, these are areas that are being able to self-reflect and know that there's areas I need to work on and that all human beings are need to do that. And so, so checking in on your relationship is part of, just part of that. Right. And I believe that that's a big piece right there. I would went a little further and said, listen, you can check in on me to make sure. Now, the wisdom that's out there in the world says something completely different. And I think this sets us up a lot of times for failure, because I think what people don't realize is that they may not be as strong as they they think that they are in some areas. And we in our society have reached a point where we feel like we don't need anyone to help us. In fact, I've seen times where people try to encourage someone to do something and the other person say, you don't have to bully me. Right. And it's like, wait, that person is trying to encourage you to live your best life. But because of the societal norms that we have now that are changing is perceived differently. Now, a lot of the things that the Bible talks about that helps that are supposed to help us are being looked at in a different light. In our current society. It's true. So It's true. And uh, and part of that is society is trying to figure things out, too, in that 
it, you, it, you guys, our parents' generation, well, Robert's and my parents' generation, it was always that the male was the dominant and the, women, the woman was supposed to be sub, subversive to subservient. Subservient. That's, yeah, a lot I of expect them, you I, to edit that out. A lot of subservient, them awesome. Subservient <laughs> right, right, to right. her man and whatever he wanted. He had control over our parents' check, my mother's checking account, right? Yes. Now, I know from growing up in the home that I did that my father didn't do those things. But I also know people whose fathers did. All right? And so I uh, part of that is society giving it away from the toxic masculinity and finding that even ground where feminism... And somewhere between hardcore feminism and hardcore uh, masculine toxicity, we can find a norm. Right. And I, I got to expand a little bit on that. Also, Joe, excellent point. What we're doing nowadays is we saw the some of the problems in the past in our society as a whole, and we're trying to rectify it. But in the trying to balance things out, is almost like we're trying to create a new system, but one of the issue or the one of the tenets of this podcast is to say we don't have to create anything new. The Bible has already established that for us. We just got to live in proper context what the Bible says, because the Bible never meant for man males to have toxic masculinity, right? That's right. something that we brought in ourselves. Oh, I love that you said that. That's good. It never meant for women to be second-class citizen and not have a right to their own bank account. It never said that. In fact, uh, there's a, a story in Proverbs, I believe, or maybe Ecclesiastes, about the virtuous woman. This woman in this story had multiple businesses. Yep. In fact, in fact, Jill, her husband was always sitting at the gate talking to his boys about how wonderful his wife was. Right. So the Bible never meant for women to be so subservient or subservient at all to the point where they had to ask permission from their husbands to do basic stuff. Right. So instead of trying to, it's good that we're trying to balance things out now, but instead of trying to create something new, how about we go back to the original standard, which was the Bible. And since we're talking about divorce right now, the Bible standard is this. If your spouse commits adultery, yes, you have a legitimate right to get a divorce. However, yes, you can also forgive, get some counseling, figure out what's going on and keep moving and ask God to help to heal the hearts of the parties involved. And 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 that's wonderful. I love it. But 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 did you say but? <laughs> there's also, um, it's not a, just a question about this is a relationship be, between a man and a woman. It also could be connected to relationships to your children, and how is this going to impact those those beautiful children that you guys have made together? Another good point, Joe. She okay. is on fire today, y'all. And so there, every situation is is different 
we could not sit here and just give out blanket statements. It doesn't work that way. Every situation is different. You need to do what's best for your situation. With God's help, forgiveness in your heart, and some type of professional spiritual counseling on the subject. So the answer to the question is, should I divorce my spouse because he or she has cheated on me is not necessarily. We need more information. We need more background. We need more. So with that, we don't have time to finish up. This is probably a four-parter. So we want to invite you to reach out to us in some of the ways to reach out to us in the description box below so that we can have a private conversation about that. And if you decided that you wanted some counseling or coaching from Jill and Robert. We're Christian happy, coaching. Christian marital coaching. We're happy to do that with you. Get in contact with us in the description with the information in the description box below. Now, friends, if you've been listening to the podcast for some time now, and you've come to the realization that you want this Jesus, you can feel him calling you, calling you to himself. And you know that you have sinned and fallen short of pleasing God. You've done things that are wrong, make you ineligible to see him when you leave this place or even to see him now. The scripture tells us there's one simple step you need to make, and that is to admit that we've done wrong, repent of our sins and ask God to save us and to believe on the Lord Jesus Christ as our Savior and our God. Would you do that with me today? Say this simple prayer with me. Father, I believe that Jesus died on that cross for the forgiveness of my sin. I receive him now as my Savior, as I repent of the wrongs that I've done. I want to live this righteous life. I want to be in your presence. And I ask that you would fill me with the gift of the Holy Spirit. And he will help me, empower me to live that righteous life that you're calling for. I pray this in the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. Amen. Now, friends, if you are so inclined, and I hope that you are, do some research of local churches in your area. And if you have to visit 10 churches to find a true Bible-believing, God-honoring, God-worshiping church, then join that church. And not just go there and be a, a, a bench warmer, but see what you can do to further the growth of that church and the growth of the body of Christ. Amen? Amen. Now, until we get together next time, Jill, do you want to finish up on uh, if my spouse cheated on me? Or we want to go to a different topic? Uh, you know what? Let me, ask, let me ask our listeners, what question would you have us to answer straight from the Bible? Get in contact with us with the information in the description box below. That's great. So until next time, my friends, we will see you on Not Your Parents' Religion. Have a great week. Stay safe. God bless.